Hey, Cowboy here. I see you're checking out some of our first season. Excellent choice. Great vintage stuff. Pairs well with steak. Uh, just a few notes. In season one, the name of the show was actually Head to Head, a video game podcast. But it's still the same show that you've come to love or will learn to love if this is your first time listening. So in either case, thanks for listening and welcome to Game Corp. Head to Head, a video game podcast is about three rad video game journalists set in the fictional offices of the evil conglomerate Game Corp. The show contains scenes of narrative elements, some mature content, and a whole lot of immature content. Enjoy the show. Here it is, boy. My sanctuary of savagery. My tower of terror. The infamous offices of Game Corp. Okay. So you just work here? What? No, hardly. <laughs> I'm the boss, remember? This is where others work, while your old man makes the fat stacks. Sitting on a throne of labor exploitation and market manipulations. Wait, you have an actual throne? Well, I mean, no, it technically it's more of an ergonomic swivel chair made from Italian liver. But that's only because thrones have terrible lumbar support, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, whatever, Dad. Why are we here? Uh, because I wanted to show you the family empire. Just look at it, boy. Everything the fluorescent light touches is our kingdom. You may just be a budding badass right now, but one day you'll be in charge of it all. Uh huh. Uh, uh, what you got there, son? Uh, the Game Boy? Fortnite. Ah. So, uh, are you winning? Uh, it's weird when you quote memes, Dad. Who's memes? Is he a Fortnite character? Internet connection lost. Ah, uh, damn it! I'm losing bars. Dad, can we just go use the Wi-Fi in your office until it's time to go? What? But, but I just... I, I thought we could do some father-son stuff, like micromanage the office slaves or deny maternity leave together. Ugh. I thought you guys made video games here. Why can't we do something fun? Well, no, we more extort them for revenue at gatekeep marketing avenues in a bit. Sheesh! Wait, who's that? Oh, it's the YouTubers. What's up, fam? Here we are with another video. And once again, we're doing the challenge. And the loser will gift 100 subs to the Thirst Trap Recovery Foundation. Yeah, man, we charitables, fuck you. And we're totally not using that money to buy 5G's worth of Pokemon cards for a big ASMR ear licking hot tub jungle server veal party next week or anything. Yeah, totally, yo. All right, chat. Here we go with three. Two, one. Oh, oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! That's too hot! Oh, oh water! What? Oh my god! Oh, that shoot on in my nose, yo! That shoot on in here! Oh god! What are you doing, oh. man? That ain't no crushed up pillies. That's hot sauce, yo! Can I get a big yikes in chat, boys? Lil P accidentally ripped a line of Satan screaming anus hot sauce out of pure habit. And that makes him the loser. Damn fam. Lil Yeet. Whoa. They look like they're having fun. Dad, can I go hang out with them? Please? Oh, God. Those jackasses. I mean, bottled employees that I'm in charge of. No, I can't. Because... Uh, I already have some guys for you to hang out with. Oh, with who? Only the wildest, coolest, most video gamey dude bros in the office. Okay, but like, what's their names? It's, uh, um, 
<clears throat> well, I just call them numbskulls. Great. Welcome to the 18th episode of Head to Head, a video game podcast brought to you by GameCorp, the totally not evil video game media conglomerate. Upper management and their infinite wisdom has hand-chosen us, a couple of low-level employees with zero experience, to serve as your host for this head-to-head, no-holds-barred matchup between two games to see which will stand triumphant. I'm Cowboy. I'm Jake Man. And I'm JB, a.k.a. Misa Jaja Binks. <laughs> he did it. Oh. In today's battle, we'll be facing off two contenders for the title of hope-shattering turn-based roguelike with Darkest Dungeon versus Warsaw. And special announcement, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, uh, we have a guest sitting in with us today. Uh, I'd like you all to... Hardly clap your hands and say yay. Well, you can't do that. Just do it. Do it in your car. For <laughs> Boss Junior. That's right. The boss has uh, brought his son in to, to sit with us today for the show. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. We're babysitting today, despite this place having a full daycare. But it's great to have you. Great to have you, Boss Junior. I'm 14. You don't look 14. Well, anyway, okay, so uh, today's battle is really exciting, folks. Uh, uh, people who have played both of these games know that they are the grimmest, darkest, grittiest, most mm-hmm. hopeless turn-based roguelites around, and I think this is going to be a pretty fun episode. So, I was thinking, I think we need to change the show. I know, I know this is weird to do it live while we're recording, but Wait, I think- Wait, you want to do this now? Yeah. I thought we were- we no. are going to get HR involved. And no, there's something cowboy. that we need. To... I I have this. I Wait, have a what? Good... I have a good idea for the show. I have a good idea for the show. So I was thinking, you know how some shows like they incorporate like characters and stuff. Yeah. Do you think we could do characters for our show? No, uh... that's so cringe. Is it though? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's like it's like D and D podcasts. Like they they do they do the voices, and you're like, hey, I know it's them, but it's not. It's a character. It takes like, like I thought we could do does voices. Anybody, do you guys want to practice? Anybody even like that? I think so. I don't know. You want to practice? Guess. Let's practice. I, Let's practice. Okay. 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 All right. Each one of us, <laughs> Boss Junior, you do it too. Let's come up with a character. Let's see if we're good at it. Just okay. any character, or do you have yeah, like just, prompts just like just, or... no just. Just get loosey goosey with it. Just like you said, we got to do voices. Yeah, do a voice. Let's Ugh. let's let's all see okay. if we're good at voices. All right. Do we have to name them? Yeah, you got to create a character right okay. now. Is it is it like something from scratch, or can it be yes. from like pop culture? Oh um, my, yeah, do an impression. I, I whatever. That's fine. If you need to do an impression, I was hoping for original characters because I don't want to get sued. But I like, am Pippi. Pippi. Boop. Pippi boop. Hey, baby boo. Yeah. Uh, do I have to interact with you? Yeah. Uh, yes. Hey, Jake. Hi, baby boo. Uh, how's it going? Bad, baby boop. It's going bad. I don't care because my personality is mean. <laughs> no, it's so... not. It's happy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 so, so Bippy Boop, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your What's your story? I come from a far off <laughs> land called Chicago. It's a, It's a couple states over, and 
I came here on a work visa from Chicago. And and I uh, did oh, not go to Bibi college. Boop? Oh, baby boop. Don't I didn't I didn't go to college. Baby boop. Do you don't regret be so... that decision? Yeah. I re- regret that I got rejected. Oh. How many did you apply to? One. Oh, it was clown boop. college. I'm so happy all the time, <laughs> and nobody will let me make them laugh. And that's why I'm mean. I'm mean again. <laughs> oh, Bibby Boop, such a tragic character. I think that's all the time we have for voices, though. That was what? really great all around, guys. Thank you God very much. You guys are fucking weird. <laughs> kind of like it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great experience. I'm, I'm glad really we had the opportunity, yeah, really all of it. us, I to we were engage. All Let's go ahead. Do it. Uh, let's go ahead and push that button and let's get a drop pod. Beep. Incoming pod drop from floor 22. Hey, Boss Junior, can you uh, hand that to me? No, here you go. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I dropped it. Hold on. Here. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine, dude. It's, here. Let's uh, take it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks. All right. So let's go ahead and pop this open. All right. Uh, this round of listener questions is brought to you by MechTech RoboMade, the only mech on the market that won't gossip about your dirty laundry because it's been three years since you bought new underwear, you dirty bastard. Okay. <laughs> so this question comes in from uh, Zebras, probably. Uh, wait, is that <laughs> is that an assumption? Probably. <laughs> so which video game has the best romance options? Well, I mean, Steam has a lot of games that have, and you can't see my fingers, but romance options. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) Right, the visual novel. Yeah, very visual novels. Are we counting that as romance? Visual navels. You can play them with one hand. (laughs) Uh, Yes. That's an important yeah. like feature important, of those games. I, I love that <laughs> they put, tears. I love that they put the all the uh, the controls on the left side of the keyboard only. That's yeah. super nice of them. It's really efficient. Okay, no, no, so if you no can name right. if you can name several by name, then yeah, I'll let you do it. Otherwise, you got to pick something else. The Witcher Three. Hey. Okay. All right, Boss Junior. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, good romance options in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you tell me about it? Like, how did you like playing The Witcher 3? How did you like how the romance is tied into the game? Which sorceress did you pick? Let's let let's let's get the, oh, the yeah. hot goss, baby. I, Which one? I picked the redhead. All right. I can't remember her name. Triss Marigold. Yeah. I thought Yen's it was Yennefer. The ass. Yennefer hey, is Yennefer's the raven-haired. Black. Aren't they all named Yennefer? Like, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's basically, it's Yennefer, Yennefer, Yennefeny. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all you, get, you get Yenny the Pooh in one of the expansions. Yeah. Lilo and Yenny. Trish just seemed like more fun than Yen. I get that, Yen. I get that. Did you ever read the books? Read a book. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I guess I walked into that one. But no, dude, yeah, that I think that is a good choice. Uh, and I love games where the romances carry over uh, through, you know, like through sequels. And, and The Witcher did that. Uh, I got Do, an answer too, but I want to. I want to hear from you guys. Well, real quick, d- does it? I haven't played a lot of them. Does it carry over from game to game with like your save file? I've always wondered that. Well, not not as much as like, okay, like Mass Effect. We'll, we'll actually use save right. imports uh, at the beginning beginning of games. You like answer some questions. 
And it's basically oh. like, which one, like, it, it, you know, in a roundabout way, it's like, which lady did you love? And then it kind <laughs> which of lady did you, yeah. Which did lady you did you bone last Did you choose to bone Yennefer? <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, it, um, it does that in the games. So my, still to this day, my favorite romance options come from Dragon Age. I just oh, think that system. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mass Effect. No, dude. No, oh. absolutely not. My my answer was totally Mass Effect. Uh, uh, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. But please go on. Yeah. Dragon Age just had this depth to it where it wasn't, it wasn't like, um, I mean, I've been a, a teenager like Junior before and I've played those dating sims oh, and it's yeah. not like, oh, she likes flowers and she likes sushi. You know, it's not like you just give them the thing they want and then they bone you. It was more like conversational and, and you had to really know them as a character. And that provided so much like depth to the experience to where it felt like your character truly like cared about them. And I think that's what made a lasting impression on me because it was more than just, you know, video game boning. It wasn't the hot coffee mod from GTA. That's what I'm trying to say. Why are you taking my answer? (laughs) (laughs) The hot coffee mod is my my choice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it just had, it it felt more real. And I think that's why it stuck with me for so long. Dude, I totally agree. That's why I was going to, I was going to pick Dragon Age also. And yeah, I know I'm a Mass Effect fanboy and I know the games have romance options, but I mean, I'll admit like hands down, especially in the first Mass Effect, the romances are there, but they're so simple compared to Dragon Age Origins. And I feel like Origins also gets overshadowed by its bigger Bioware brothers, too. Like, in a lot of regards, Origins was a fantastic game, and the dialogue was amazing, and the dialogue options were super varied. Like, you um, you had so many opportunities to say the right thing or the wrong thing, and each character were so unique. You couldn't use catch-all dialogue to get yeah. any of them like did you ever try to romance uh well actually let's ask that who did you romance all of them oh you tried all of them oh i did all of them yeah that's i awesome, played that dude. game so many times that was oh i love that game so much that's awesome dude i never did any of the male romances because i i honestly i only played through origins uh twice i think all the way through like twice but, I gotta uh, say though, the most boring one was the holier than thou paladin dude, Alistair. Yeah, Alistair. He was the worst out of all of them. You just had to be like, like I don't know. I felt like even the character was pretending, like even the player character oh, was pretending to be this like holy character, and it it just felt so off to me. Like that was that was probably the worst one out of all of them, to be honest. Very interesting. I I did particularly enjoy trying to romance Morgan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. She was so uniquely complicated for a video game character. Like, when you approached her, she was so... I mean, she was so... Her her character was even, like, almost otherworldly. You're you're this Grey Warden. Like, you, you pick your different houses, but none of them are a swamp witch who lives in a fucking swamp isolated like Mm -hmm. her entire life so when you approach her with these dialogue options she's so matter of fact and so like base level with like emotions and stuff like you could be like you're pretty and she's like fuck you you're pretty what are you trying what's your angle here and it was so hard to like read her sometimes but it felt so Mm -hmm. human i think like her character was so developed 
I, and her I, quest line is so memorable. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I honestly only played like a little, like a, the tiniest bit, but I do remember like her character coming off as non-stereotypical and certain expectations were subverted when going through like her story. And I was like, oh, you know, because she wears like, she's a swamp witch. She wears the low cut shirt. And I really thought like I knew which angle they were going to take her on, but they didn't. And I was like, oh, well, that's refreshing. You know, yeah. or that's she's like kind of hot. She's yeah. also kind of hot. She's also yeah, she voiced. Is. She's also voiced by a Claudia Black. A lot of side boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's a swamp witch. They have different standards, and I mean, the more naturey. I'm sure it's very humid, and they need like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta keep it airy, you gotta keep it light, but you gotta air out the goodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boob sweat is no joke. Yeah, <laughs> you get but, rashes. Uh, I'm yeah, with you, she's ladies. voiced by somebody who is on Farscape, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows in the world. If you haven't watched Farscape, watch all of it tonight. Fucking love that show. But um, cowboy, what's your answer, dude? All right. So these are all like fun answers. These are great, actually, because like I like that you guys took really fictional versions of it. We're like talking to women and stuff like did it. And that's always fun to like escape to a dream world. I like the realistic. I like Honey Pop because I like a really realistic take on like romancing a woman, you know? Honey Pop. I never played Honey Pop. Yeah, Honey Pop. It was the first like adult game that Steam was like, all right, whatever. Here's some whack-off games for you guys. No. <laughs> it was like the first game where Steam was like, go ahead. You know what? You're going to get it anyways. May as well give us your 15 bucks. Yeah. They and just said fuck it, like metaphorically and virtually. Yeah. And virtually. It's, um, it's uh, Candy Crush. It's Bejeweled with a Japanese uh, dating sim virtual visual novel. And uh, it's bad, but it's not bad. You know? I guess I elaborate. Don't. I guess I don't. Um, like you're gonna have to like. Yeah, well, man. I don't know. I like the game because, like, that's the thing with women. Like, you have to arrange their jewels uh-huh. to line up in order to clear their board. This is all a metaphor. Write this down, Boss Junior. And you got to, you know, buy them stuff, which makes their meter go up. Because when you Want to be with a woman? It is. So a... it's Candy Crush with buttholes. Yes, it's an oversimplification of things, but yeah, that's the jizz of it, gist of it. <laughs> hey, um... hey! <laughs> but I like it. It's like it's it's like in real life because women have a meter that you have to fill, and once that meter is filled, you have permission or you are granted the ability to date them like that's what dating sims have taught me my entire life that if you give them enough gifts then you uh have earned dating them erase erase what you were writing down boss jr just go ahead and Mm -hmm. just go ahead and delete that that's gonna get in your way you're gonna (laughs) want to memorize this paper's just gonna cloud it sounds pretty real to me there you go so that's the answer. That's the I like. I know it's it's a little bit boring, but I like realistic takes on romance, and so that's my favorite. Yeah, man. I, I yeah, realistic. Realistic is is subjective. And oh, also, I'm getting a divorce. I probably get time to bring this up. <laughs> oh, the Wait meter. A Just for like research purposes, what was the name of that game again? Was it? Well, Excel you're gonna want to stay. A... <laughs> what was it? Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, Microsoft Incel 98. Um, <laughs> so that you can stay away from it. It's called Honey Pop. And then there was a follow-up called like Webcam, where you were a, a cam girl and you were a webcam woman, you know, instead. And then you had I to mean, build up that empire. That's my dream. And I got to say, like, as far as a simulation micromanagement kind of game, the gameplay was kind of good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going through, like, the, you know, checking in and checking boxes and all that. And then other stuff. It was a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> sure was. I bet. I bet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there's your answer. And other stuff. <laughs> there's your answer, Zebras, probably. it's And some questions. <laughs> it's it's cam girls. So... That's Cam actually crush. <laughs> uh, that's actually uh, the only question I have this week. Well, that's uh, oh, that's that's problematic. I think I think we've been telling people a little bit too much about ourselves, and they're like, <laughs> "No more questions." Well, all right. Well, then enough about us for a little bit. Uh, okay, Boss Junior. Let's 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 address the elephant in the room. So your dad came in earlier and sat us down, and. Well, he was, I mean, he said a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense. Why are you here, dude? I don't know. I got, I got an A on my math test, and my dad got really pissed and took me out of school. Dang. I thought Asian dads were tough. <laughs> yeah, man, I thought A's were a pretty, like, awesome thing. Like, I I, I mean, growing up, we celebrated A's, dude. What, what's the problem with that? Yeah, is he that hard on you? Yeah. Not with this family. So what, you have to get an A-plus to make him happy? No, he'd rather I just dropped out and joined the family business being evil. Oh. Right. Okay. You know, my mom always told me B is for bad. So have you tried getting That's... Bs? No, I'm a straight-A student. That's yeah. great, though. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I know. I'm a loser. I... I... Okay, so we have really different definitions of what what, what loser is then, dude. Well, I think you're doing great. A's? That's awesome. One time I, I came home and told my mom I made honor rolls, and she said nobody likes uh, a show-off. So I'm like, maybe that's what's going on. How do you make honor rolls? Uh, Can you buy them at the store? No, that's- Put them in the oven? Never mind. So, I think if you grind up a paladin- That's mm, not- I'd eat and that. And you put no, it in the- It's not bread, like, guys. Or, or bones or people. No, we're talking- like a nice honor roll at dinner. Okay. Yeah. My mom makes good bone bread. Hmm. You could cheers it, like, hmm. for honor. Like, it's good at, like, celebrations and stuff. Bones yeah. and bread. Speaking of getting that bread, how about a little trivia, guys? <laughs> okay. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm feeling I'd high love- from the last oh. one. Like, I finally won a trivia, and I think it's the two-time trivia winner coming Miracles never up. strike in the same spot twice, JB. <laughs> I'm really excited to see how uh, this one turns out. And Boss Jr., uh, I think you should participate in this one, man. It, it might be oh, fun. Yeah. I think so, okay, too. So, All right, bet. <laughs> here's the rule, dude. Uh, so it's going to be uh, you guys against each other. I want you guys to come up with... A buzzer that can cut through all the chatter so I know who it is and I'll call you. And um, first one to get it right gets a point. And most points at the end wins a prize. Okay, let's get your buzzers. Sheesh. How many people just did that? Just me. <laughs> oh, God. <Just> <laughs> I thought I heard an echo. Okay. Do I, do, do I sound like multiple people? That's the power of my sheesh. You do. I thought, I thought you were a That's room a full of zoomers, sheesh. dude. Whoa, it was powerful. <laughs> okay. A roomie of zoomies. I'm going to go, um, wow. Okay, wow. all right. 
And how about you, Boss Jr.? <laughs> Bet. Yes, I love it. Okay, so... Okay, the theme of tonight's trivia is brawler trivia. So each of these questions is going to be about brawler, beat 'em up, video games, past, present, mm, and yeah. not the future because that doesn't make sense. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump so, into it now. So remember, we're, we're not, so we're not fighting each other while we answer the trivia. Not this time. Oh damn! It sounds like fun. Yeah, I want it to does. Do that. So. Remember, I'm going to say it now because you guys are going to do it anyway. Remember, you might want to hear the entire question before you buzz in. Okay. Well, bet. <laughs> On a case-by-case case case case. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Question number one. Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game actually exists? Is it A, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles 4 for 4? B, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles One Night Slam? C, Teenage Mutant Ninja, I'm sorry, Teenage Mutant Samurai Turtles, Wrath of Turbo Shredder, or D, e. that cowboy. Eesh, dang it, there's four. You Little did threes. it, you did it anyway. <laughs> I, I want you. Question number fucking one. All right, cowboy, I'm go cursed. ahead. I'm cursed. Go ahead. I'm going to say D, the answer I didn't get to hear. <laughs> D, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tale of Two Pizzas. That is incorrect. Wow. JB. It's definitely C. Teenage yeah. Mutant Samurai Turtles, Wrath of Turbo Shredder. Hell yeah. yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> so much for your hell yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so All sad. All right, Boss Junior, you got a 50-50. Is it A, Teenage a. Mutant Hero Turtles 4 for 4. A. You're going with A? That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. One point oh, for Boss yeah. Jr. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles 4 for 4 is a real game. That's a stupid game. That's yeah, the, the worst name ever. <laughs> Come on, Turbo Shredder Samurai. That's a game. I was, I'm telling you. I was particularly proud of all these names. That yeah, I made it sounded up. pretty legit. <laughs> you made them the One up? Night Slam. I made them one all up slam. except the real one. Yeah. That's you see your titles are better. That's misleading. That's true. I you know. came up yes. with great titles. All right. Question number two. This one might be pretty easy. How many evil exes did Scott Pilgrim have to defeat in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Sheesh. Cowboy. Seven evil ding, exes. Ding 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 ding. Oh, point good for cowboy. Job. Cowboys I'm on the board. A big beta nerd. I love that movie. Well, <laughs> it's a great movie. It, fucking nerd. <laughs> Okay. I mean, Michael Sarah's an American treasure. He's, he's, he's America's baby boy. I dislike him so intensely. I thought he was terrible for the role, and I what? could beat him up. I, I actually I, agree. I, I think he was terrible for the role, too. Yeah. 100%. You're, you're all just haters. Nah, Michael, yes. Michael Sarah is perfect for a lot of roles, but not for Scott Pilgrim. Justifiably. His best a work hater. was in This Is the End. I did that like was that. Really oh good. my god! <laughs> you got some good Michael taste, Bosch Junior. <laughs> I agree. Uh, thanks. Okay, question number three: In the Simpsons arcade game, when one of the Simpsons is electrocuted, you can briefly see their skeleton. Everyone looks as you would expect, except for one character. Who is it, and what is different? Oh. Uh. Uh. uh wow. JB. Wow. Uh, it's Bart, and he has spiky head bones. That is incorrect. That's true, Jeez. but fuck you. That's not what we're looking for. Wow. But okay, that's Cowboy. right. That's Bet. right. Does, I mean, Bet. that's not the question, though. Uh, it's, it's Marge. Uh-huh. And uh, what's different? She's got 
something in her hair. She's got hair bones. She's got hair bones, is what I want to say. I, uh, be more specific, man. Uh, her skull goes all the way up to the top of her hair? There's a dead animal in her head. Mm, incorrect, incorrect, incorrect all around. It was uh. so close, dude. It is Marge. But when you see her skeleton, she has rabbit ears. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually right. a play. It's a play on early Simpsons. Oh, here's some Simpsons trivia, head to head, a Simpsons trivia yeah. podcast. Um, so early on in the development, uh, one of, I guess, one of the like funny little things that they were going to do with the Simpsons series is that Marge had her huge blue hair because it was hiding the fact that she had rabbit ears. Oh, I knew that too. Yeah, they kind dropped of, the, in the back they, of my mind. They dropped the idea, but the the idea actually persisted in the Simpsons arcade game. Neat. That's cool. All right. little, t- little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, question like- number four. Number four. Uh, in the iconic fantasy brawler Golden Axe, mm. what is the task the three heroes have undertaken? And bonus point, you can get two points if you answer it all. What is the task they've undertaken? And bonus point, if you can name the series bad guy. Sheesh. Cowboy. <laughs> They have undertaken the task of killing an evil king. Uh, that's actually incorrect. Uh, that's uh. actually not the main point of the game Golden Axe. Are they going after a Golden Axe? Boss Jr. with the clutch answer. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, of course. <laughs> no way. It's the name yes. of the game. Yes. The, <laughs> the objective. That was a metaphor. The objective, yeah, the objective in the original Golden Axe is to get the Golden Axe. And. Yeah, people just name shit stupid stuff. It never had a point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Death Adder is the bad guy in case anyone was interested. I remember that because I've. Fought him. That's that crazy. sounds like a type of snake. It is. An adder is a snake. So, okay. Question five. five. <laughs> I'm not keeping track. All right. Wait, are we keeping track of points? I have zero. Uh, it's 2 1. So, Boss Jr. has two points. Cowboy has one. JB sits at zero. Sheesh. Yeah. How, many, how many questions are left? I always do seven. So, there's three questions left. Okay. okay, I can still win. You got to sweep all three. Three for three. Here we go. Clean, clean sweep. Here it comes. Here it comes. Question number five. What hit Christmas movie found itself immortalized in video game history with a release of its very own arcade brawler? Bet. Boss, you Christmas did. Vacation. Yeah, incorrect. Wow. JB. It's <laughs> not. Wait, I got to do it right though. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, JB. Wow. Uh, the Grinch? Mm, incorrect. Can you read the question again? What hit Christmas movie found itself immortalized in video game history with the release of its very own arcade brawler? Wow. I'm so close. What is it? I it's... feel like I know this. Can I guess again? No. no. Um. Okay, I'm going to say sheesh. Um, Cowboy. The Santa Claus? Yeah. Oh no, that is incorrect. No. I would love to play that game though. No, the answer is Die is Hard. It, 
Oh my god, that's what oh, I was gonna say! Yeah, you that's the unfair. best Christmas movie ever. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That, that was, was my second you guess. You cheap son of a bitch. Why didn't you say it the first time? Because it was my second guess. <laughs> Don't have second guesses. But it was, though. <laughs> yeah, Die Hard had its own. Uh, it's back yeah, in the arcade days. It looks like a PS1 game. It has its own brawler. Okay. All right, I can still I can still tie. You can still tie. That's so evil that you did that. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right, <laughs> question number six. Which character is not part of the roster for Marvel vs. Capcom 2? Is it, which character is not? Is it A, B.B. Hood, B, Shumagorath, C, Iceman, or D, Black Widow? Wow. JB. Wow. Is it B.B. Uh, Hood? That is incorrect. Jesus Bet. fuck. Iceman. Incorrect. 50-50 chance. What, what, what are the options? Is it A, B.B. Hood, B, Shumagorath, C, Iceman, or D, Black Widow? Sheesh. Black Widow. That is correct. Yes. Ooh, we tied it up two for two. Ooh, two, two, baby. Okay. It's currently two, two. Zero. Zero. We're coming for that ass. The final question. Do you want me to... No, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, do you want the final question to be worth 10 points? Be worth five points? No. Yes, please. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not if gonna do I that. get it, it's worth five points. I'm not going to do that. Okay, final question. But you might. For tonight. Name this gargantuan brown gorilla who specializes in farts, burps, poops, and pees to fight his fellow gargantuan monsters in a battle for world domination. He specializes um, in farts, poops, and pees? And name the monster. Yeah, I want the name. And it, it is a fighting game. Name this gargantuan brown gorilla. Who specializes in primal rage? The game is primal rage, but that's not the question. Ah, mm. uh, that doesn't help me. It's sheesh, cowboy. Is it silver? No, he's brown. Uh, mankey. <laughs> no, no, thank that's you. That's so a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, JB. Um. It's get out of here, Jamie. It's a tiebreaker. It's um, uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, what game have you been playing where Donkey Kong does that? All right, Boss uh, Junior, can you can you steal the point? Honey Pop, can you steal? Uh, can you steal this point and win tonight's Brawler Studio? Jarvis, it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, the correct answer to that question is chaos. Oh, oh what it. a dumb the, name. The other big giant monkey in Primal Rage was Blizzard, the one that shot uh, Blue Ice. Okay, so let's do a tiebreaker. The final question for tonight is, in Mortal Kombat 1, who's the final boss? Sheesh. Cowboy. Shh. Ooh, Shang Sun. Ding, 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 ding. That is right. Cowboy wins tonight's Brawler Trivia. And uh, wasn't it Goro? Absolutely nope. not. Mini boss. What? You fight Goro and then you fight Shang Sun. Uh, yeah. 
And it says here on the paper, uh, I didn't include this. It says, uh, winner gets to clean the YouTuber's offices. So congratulations what? to Cowboy. <laughs> How is that a prize? Who writes these prizes? HR, I guess. All right, man. So that's it. <laughs> Terry. He's my man. I'm telling you. I'm not wearing the French maid outfit. Terry never did that to you guys? Never mind. <clears throat> Well, now, before we move on, we here at Head to Head, a video game podcast, don't believe ourselves to be the end-all be-all when it comes to passing judgment on video game battles. We are just three guys, four guys, with a passion for video games and implied violence. So we'd like to extend the gavel to you, trusty listener, to help weigh in on what we call the audience head-to-head. The audience head-to-head is brought to you by Beyond Human. The only low-calorie meat alternative engineered to taste and feel exactly like the long pig. Watch your figure while eating someone else's. Beyond yeah. human, it's people. Or is it? Yum, yum. Is it? Uh, is it people? Is it? Last episode's question, we asked you to decide between two iconic rideable species, Chocobo versus Yoshi. The winner with over 75% of the votes is Chocobo. Congratulations. My Final Fantasy VII brothers come in on that one. They came in hot. They came in hot. I I put out a summon summon materia. (laughs) Nah, I have a a theory. But what's your theory? Okay, I wasn't trying to interrupt. So... I have a theory on this one because uh, the question was the uh, iconic rideable species Chocobo versus Yoshi's. Uh, you basically chose uh, option A, a horse, or option B, a lovable friend. It'd be like, who's better, a hamster or Luigi? So <laughs> I think that's why everyone picked Chocobo because they're like, obviously, it's a horse. You ride it, and Yoshi's like your best friend, and you go on adventures. So obviously, the rideable species but- is a Chocobo. I think. Why wouldn't you choose Yoshi? He's your best friend. No, and I think he's it's a rideable. question of semantics, and I think our listeners out there and the people who participate in the polls are very intelligent, and they understand oh, in the context of the question. They're like, "Oh, the rideable species, uh, yeah. probably the horse, right?" He's rideable. Why would but I it's choose not a horse? It's an ostrich. Why would I choose? It's a horse for all intents and purposes. It's a horse so... ostrich. So is Yoshi. No, Yoshi's a friend. Yoshi is family. Yoshi is also a JB, horse. JB, nothing stronger than family. Fire nothing stronger than family. Toretto. We've <laughs> we, we've the past couple of weeks we've been educated that nothing is stronger than family, and I don't know why you're trying to argue that. It was either <laughs> who do you like riding a fucking horse or family. And of course, people are going to choose the horse. That's why the I mean, Chocobo I've, won. I've been on Pornhub recently, oh. and I think a lot of people <laughs> like to ride family. Definitely disagree, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You, you can ride your friends. I mean, step, step family. That's going step on family. your tombstone. <laughs> what are you doing? Step tombstone. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I regret. This episode, we're going to ask a question so incendiary and explosive that you'll need to be very careful while answering. Which exploding enemy gets the title of best boom boy? bob from Mario or Creepers from Minecraft? Ooh. Good question. That's a good one. That's a good one. 
it's is it better than chocobo versus yoshi are you are you happy with this one yeah i'm satisfied with this one yeah. i i i'm i've been meaning to talk to you about your work but i mean we can save it till after the podcast go <laughs> go frick yourself you can find our poll on social media or reach out directly and help us answer this burning and explosive question yeah and i want to say anybody who liked yoshi more y- y'all should have came out if you didn't vote and you like yoshi because my exactly. Final Fantasy VII It's not Bros. about who you like. It's about who you wanted to ride. I want to ride a Yoshi. If you like him, he's more iconic. It can shoot fire. It can stomp. It can stomp the yard. <laughs> what can Chocobo do? Every color of Chocobo is the same in the overworld. The only place it matters is when you go to Golden Saucer and do the races. Well, that's only on seven. Chocobos are seven. all throughout the games. There's other games? Yeah, R.I.D. Yeah, 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 I'm checking on them. Hey, listen up, you soy-sucking fiber fiends. You better be showing boss Judah the time of his life for all- Uh-huh, D. Yeah, 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 soccer practice, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I'll pick up milk, I gotta go. Or I'll push your ass first down stairwell- Wait, no, 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 not you, D, the, the dumb skulls, yeah. No, no, come on, I know, I know you're self-conscious about that. Yeah, all right, uh, all right, Ugh. Junior, your mommy wants to talk to you. Oh, Dad, not in front of my new friends. Yeah, you're right. Take it outside. Uh... Yep, big boo, Junior. Okay, listen up, no skulls. I only have a few minutes, and I need a favor. Sure thing, boss. Wait, 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 no, no, no. Do it or you're fired. Yeah, it always works better. Uh, yeah, sh- uh, sure thing, bo- boss, what's up? <sighs> So me and Dee are at our wit's end with Junior. He's out of control. Really? He didn't seem like much of a troublemaker to me. Yeah, so you notice that too, huh? I mean, he's hardly acting out of class. He's followed in with a bad crowd, one that hardly bullies or excludes anyone. Plus, he has zero interest in hoarding wealth or exploiting privilege. Wait, that's a problem? Of course it is. I don't want him to end up all weak and beta-like. Well, like you guys. Yeah, no offense taken. I didn't say no offense. But be honest with me, boys. Am I a bad dad? No, of course not. Or, yes. Yes, you are. Or, I'm not really sure what you want to hear. Yeah, at any rate, I mean, I blame the schools. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Hashtag defund the teachers, am I right? (laughs) You are not. Look, I stuck him in here today because I was hoping you dumb schools would help to set him Crooked, you know? Teach him wrong from right? Yeah, teach him crime does pay? We're not doing a bit. We're talking about my son's future, idiot. Oh. Okay, yeah, okay. So, how do we help? I don't know. I was thinking just talk to him and and let him weigh in on today's battle, maybe. Maybe all the grim and gore of these games will awaken something in him. Not just, like, sexually, though, hopefully. Yeah, uh, then again, knowing his mother... Anyway, sure thing, boss. We're we're great with kids. We'll talk to him. Or else. Uh, yeah, or else. Sorry, sorry. It just means a lot to be able to connect with him. I was lucky because my dad was never around, and it was even worse when he was. I just don't want that with him. I want him to look up to his old man and know that he... And then I kicked him in the dick. (laughs) 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 Oh, good times. Oh, Junior, didn't see you coming. <laughs> oh, did you have a good talk? Meh. Mom says don't forget I have soccer practice. No, uh, uh, I'm not, yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of here, boys. You know what to do.
No problem. You can count on on us. <clears throat> um. So, Junior, uh, how about them? Um, hey, uh, did you guys know you have less than a thousand followers? <laughs> Fucking pathetic. Yeah. So, hey, kid, why do you suck so much at being evil? JB, what? My dad put you guys up to this, didn't he? What? What? No. Yeah. no. I mean, of course he did. No, I mean, no, he most no, definitely no. did. Uh, he just doesn't get me. He wants me to be this big old scary evil business guy, but that only works for him. It's not what I want to be. Oh, well, what do you want to be? Um, edgy meme lord and snarky Twitch streamer and an Instagram influencer. Wait, those all sound vaguely evil, though. Well, yeah, I do have these evil urges, but I really want to be famous, though. Okay, why can't you just be both evil and a social media star? I mean, it works for Jake Paul. Because being openly evil just isn't cool. You don't get followers that way. People only follow you if you give them likes and hearts and shoutouts and are accepting of everyone. Being evil just gets you canceled or banned. Well, yeah, that is true. People do discriminate against evil. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe being evil just isn't worth it. What? No, 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 no. You're looking at this all wrong. You don't get canceled for being openly evil. You get canceled for apologizing for who you are. Look at Bezos and Zuckerberg. The most blatantly evil people never face real ramifications. It's good people who make small mistakes that get raked over the coals. Because people don't cancel out of some sort of righteousness. They cancel to assert their power over you, to force you to bend the knee and beg for forgiveness. But if you can just be your authentic self and rise above the opinions of lesser men, I mean, even if they're totally right, then you too can be as untouchable as the greats. Wow, JB, that was terrifyingly insightful. Huh. So you're saying stop trying to please others to get them to like me, but instead diminish their worth so much that I look like a god in comparison? He gets it. <laughs> Our little boy is growing up. Okay. Well, before this gets all seventh heaven, or hell in this case, let's go ahead and take a break for tonight's sponsor. But when we return, get ready for a showdown. Good morrow to thee, noble lords and ladies of the internet. It is I, Sir Garen of Gravengorge, and I am proud to say I now bear the honorable title of Emissary for the Kingdom of Roundtable Insurance. As Emissary of this noble house, I come to you today not just as a spokesperson, but as a customer. That's right. After a near-fatal workplace injury, Roundtable Insurance has come to thine aid, allowing this noble emissary to spread the message of free market options and affordable healthcare plans for all lords and ladies of the realm. What about cost, you ask? By my sword, I vow to slash insurance premiums in twain and banish high deductibles from the land. Never again shall the weak be denied the boon of no copay while Sir Garen is around. Huzzah! And when it seems not a drop of favor hath been spared for you, dear listener, Roundtable Insurance bestows one further generosity in allowing all head-to-head of video game podcast listeners to attain one month free with offer code JOUSTDADDY at checkout. Verily, to pass up such prosperity shall be a grievous mistake. Roundtable Insurance. Coverage for all the realm. 
This episode, we're going full masochist. That's right, we're looking at two games that hurt you and kill everyone you love. But still make you enjoy it? Well, most of the time anyway. Darkest Dungeon and Warsaw take slightly different approaches to tackling the title of hope-shattering turn-based roguelike. But which will reign supreme in this episode's Head-to-Head Showdown? Our first contender in tonight's matchup is Darkest Dungeon. It's the debut released by indie developer Red Hook Studios, the former S&M group who now produces games for the CIA as an alternative to waterboarding. This is a grim, dank, shoot-and-shank, turn-based, trauma-laced, dungeon-crawling roguelite where you'll be responsible for more adventurer deaths than an underbullied dungeon master with a god complex. In this game, you'll play as the sole inheritor of a luxurious mansion in a small hamlet, but tasked with clearing out all the dark dungeons that lay beneath, filled with vile secrets and untold horrors. Never land ranch, anybody? What, too soon? Uh, too late. Anyways, you'll manage party after party of specially skilled heroes from jesters to assassins to gallant knights and even the occasional werewolf, all while trying not to overload them with stress, disease, and insanity. So basically, it's if dungeon crawling was ran by capitalism. But at least the excessive skeletons means cheap dental. All right, my dungeon delvers, let's go ahead and talk about Darkest Dungeon. This is a very popular game. If you haven't seen it or played it before, it's a turn-based roguelite uh, that is turn-based combat and randomized dungeons. Uh, but this is particularly punishing. Uh, all your characters have permadeath. It takes a long time to level up your characters and get through those dungeons. So every move you take counts a lot. Now, Boss Jr., I, I don't know if you've ever played these games, but I mean, you can sit in and listen uh, if, you, if you haven't before. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, pick these apart. Oh, yeah. I, I played both of them. Oh, all right. Well, awesome. Great. Okay. No, cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump in with what this game does good. I'm flipping a three-sided coin. Do those exist? Whoa. Whoa. It's popping up with, oh my God, Boss Jr. Okay, Boss Jr., let's go ahead and uh, open up with what you thought Darkest Dungeon did right. I thought it was uh, very difficult, obviously, and you're into that kind of thing if you're playing that game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed the way the characters died. Um, I really enjoyed that they all got stressed out and started oh. hurting each other and freaking out all the time. Like the animations? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or just the fact that they got hurt. A little bit of both. Oh. Whoa. Actually a lot of the first one, yeah. Um I also really enjoyed that you had to destroy their bodies after you killed them or you couldn't hurt the other guys. Yeah, that was a good mechanic. So you're literally beating them after death. It is a really interesting mechanic yeah. uh, now that you bring that up. Um I don't want to jump into what I thought was good about it first, uh for reasons you'll find out later. Um Cowboy, so I know you've played a lot of this game beforehand. Um, so let's go ahead and take it up with you, man. What what did you think uh, Darkest Dungeon did right? What it did right, it got me to come back to it after I swore I would not play it anymore. Because I have... Do, do you guys remember what I call my Rage Sock? Do you guys remember the Rage Sock? Rage uh... Sock? This sounds weirdly teenage no. and no, no. Se- <laughs> I got a sock. No, that's no. <laughs> we all have a sock. <laughs> that's not out of rage. <laughs> Metaphorically, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> Crispy. No, um, the rage sock is when I'm playing games that frustrate me, 
you can tell I'm getting frustrated because I take my shoes off and then I start to take my socks off. And then I have a specific like sock that I keep near me that I chuck at the TV so I won't throw the controller. And this brought back, it's been like five years, this brought back the Rage sock. But here's the thing. I came back to it. I kept playing it because when you do do it right, it's so satisfying. It's one of those games that gets it right where you're bleak and everything and you're like, this is too difficult. This is punishment. Why am I playing this? And then when you do do it, there's so much payoff. There's so much feeling good. Like I got through it. There's that little golden icon that says, get the fuck out of the dungeon. You did it. Get the fuck out, man. You're a champion. I think that's one of the best things they did is they rode that line perfectly. And I think that really matters. I I agree. I mean, uh, doo-doo. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the so what got me was I had a moment where I ran out of torches and I still needed to hit that explore 90 percent of rooms. And I had at least three rooms to go. And I went through these three rooms and I'm on death's door with all of my characters mm. and I'm. I'm I'm invested in these characters. I've upgraded them. I've I've kept them home so they could heal. I've removed negative debuffs. I've done all the work on these characters and and they're on death's door and I'm out of torches and I need to continue. And I got to the very very end of that level and when I clicked that complete mission, it was like a wave. Yeah. Like <sighs> the ocean came upon me. All over my chest. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. we all it, it. it came all over me, and I was just like, ah, oh, relief, you know? And I'm back at home, and I'm like, I got my other party. It's healed and ready to go. I got some money. I got some shit. Like, it, oh, oh. The lowest lows and the highest highs. Yeah. Can I also say like that death's door is such a cool mechanic and in the way I don't know how the probability works, but having your guys like power through uh, hanging on by a thread and actually getting through with all your guys on death's door is amazing. It's a it's a great mechanic that they threw in instead of having them just hit zero and die. It gives you hope in the mm-hmm. darkness. It really does. Absolutely. It's like it's like death saving throws in mm-hmm. D&D. It's just that last ditch effort like everybody else is busy. They're not going to be able to heal me. I don't want to roll a new character. Yeah, I need a natural 20 and you get it and you get it and you make it out. And it's just like, oh, but this one's more like. Am I going to that's more like, am I going to hit the number? Am I going to roll right? This one is like survive. Hang on, you know, like uh, from Tropic Thunder when he's running towards the thing. You can cut that out. <laughs> no, Tropic, leave that in. Leave that in. In, in Tropic pros- Thunder when he's getting shot and running towards the helicopter. Yeah. And he steps out and goes, survive. Don't do that to me. Don't do that. Don't do your insincere laugh. Franks are laughing for real. You just can't hear them. That's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. Okay, all Jake. right, man. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? Eh, I thought, you know, it's all right. No. Um, okay. So what I enjoyed most about this game wasn't so much the combat. Uh, what or gameplay or game design. Uh, but what I did enjoy a lot about Darkest Dungeon uh, is the sound design. I. Mm. Uh, I thought they really did a good job with bringing to life each of the various dungeons that you get to explore over and over uh, through the sound. You close your eyes and the ambience is amazing. It's there. It's either brooding or yeah. you're in the in the forest or 
it's great whenever uh, combat does initiate, the music is so appropriate and it's pulse pounding and it's so exciting. Um, the monsters sound awesome. Uh, the clanging and clashes of swords when you do, you know, when you do your abilities, like things like that. The sound design is amazing. And that's not even talking about one of the coolest things this game does is the narrator. So yeah. in Darkest Dungeon, especially for a lot of people who will play it and even like fucking 20, 30 hours in, um, you may really only be introduced to the opening cinematic which sets the scene and it is cool, but that character from the cinematic and he is present at the camp too. Uh, uh, I think anyway, that's him. That's him, right? That's on the stagecoach. Like you'll see him in the, in the bar and stuff, but I think, um, so. I think that's him, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but anyway, the, the narrator for the story from the cinematic is with you for the entire game. Um, as you delve through the dungeons, he says the coolest stuff. His voice is so good. Oh, anything God. you do sounds... So rumbly. Yes. And it, it makes everything you do, even like eating some food, sound so fucking epic. Um, I actually pulled up... Uh, some of his like most memorable quotes. I can't oh, do cool. the voice. It's too good. Um, but uh, this narrator's like lexicon is so amazing. Every sentence he says, is, it carries so much weight. Like this. Like whenever you defeat an enemy, slowly, gently, this is how a life is taken. Like, whoa. <laughs> That's... That's or pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Or great adversity has a beauty. It is the fire that tempers the blade. Skip. out of here. Those are Fuck so you. tone setting. Those are so perfect. Yeah, they're amazing. They're and like every time, like, poetry. I never got tired of his voice. I never got tired of his no. voice. Injury and despondence set the stage for hero heroism. Ah, or that cowardice. Is, that like is burned into my memory. I can, it's I so fucking it. good. He's my favorite part of this game. Um, I will say, like, when I went into this game, I immediately saw the Lovecraftian theme. Uh, this is 100% a Lovecraftian-themed game. Just mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and I thought I was going to get a lot of really cool stuff. And the narrator it, it carried a lot of that with me, and the monster designs were good. But the narrator's what saved it for me for this game, man. That's, I think that's what they did best. Mm -hmm. The style of game is so much better. With a good just, narrator. Just another element to tone that they did well. Just another good yeah. piece of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I want to say, like, the design of the combat, while it looks kind of simple, is really just kind of fun to go through. All this stuff, you can build really cool, cohesive teams where certain moves and actions uh, synergize with others. I've been I've been really into Slay the Spire lately and being able to have things combine and synergize um, for anybody who doesn't know it, look it up and you'll know what I mean. But in this case, it's across a team of people. Instead of cards, it's it's the people. And having like a good pair is so satisfying. And I think they built it well. It's never unbalanced. It always hits that line of being a difficult game and always being hopeless, but still getting through because you crafted a good team. As well as all the upgrade systems. There's so many upgrade systems in here that you can choose from. From like the weapons to the skills to just everything. There is a lot of depth to it. Yeah. And it builds it well. It it unlocks it over time and it introduces it well. 
I would agree to that. There is a lot of depth to the combat. It was a really refreshing take on the four versus four, four versus whatever turn-based combat because the order of your people is especially important because the abilities you use are dependent on mm -hmm. where your uh, character is uh, in the order. I also did like that uh, for a turn-based game, it made status effects very important. Yes. Some turn-based games have status effects, but you can fuck off with them and just hit things until they die until the very end of the game. In Darkest Dungeon, you need to use your entire tool set. You need to drop debuffs. You need to set buffs. You need to set uh, dots like bleeding and blight and things like that. If you don't do it, you're not going to succeed. Yeah, I it's do... no longer secondary. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love. Yes, I love that it's primary. That is a it's primary part of combat is setting status effects. I, I thought that part was especially refreshing. Okay. But enough about the good. Let's talk about what this game did bad. I actually want to start with you, Boss Jr., since you started this off. Uh, what do you think this game did bad? Well, I'm not really into these kind of games. And so for me, getting into it at all was extremely difficult. And only until the last bit that I played of it did I actually start to enjoy it and start to make sense of everything in that game. It's a fucking chore. But... It started to have a little bit of, you know, fun in there, but mostly it's almost inaccessible to someone who's not familiar with the genre. Yeah. And I would say somebody who is just kind of jumping into it without knowing how you're supposed to do it. Because I know you're supposed to deal a lot of damage up front. There's a very specific way you need to go about it. And if you're just taking this as a light affair, you're going to be sad, like very quickly. If you're not just, if you're just clicking like attacks and being like, ah, attack, oh, I'm going to kill these monsters. You're going to have a bad time. Straight up not having a good time, bro. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. This game has a steep learning curve. And mm -hmm. people who are new to this type of game, casual gaming, things like that, it's not going to be fun. Um, I actually have a lot to say uh, about uh, bad about this game, but... Uh, I think, I don't know, man. I don't know if I have the most to say about it, but before I launch into it, uh, JB, what what do you think uh, this game did bad? You know, of, of course I agree with everything you're saying because it's accurate, but the thing that bugged me the most about this game was that, and this is, I mean, okay, you all know me, and I can't handle spooky games. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, but wait, but wait, there's more. No spooky dookie. What bugged me was this game did not spook me. <laughs> Whoa. It didn't spook me. It it had this spooky atmosphere and this dark, you know, oh, I'm running out of shit and I'm so sad and I'm going to die and my people are dying, but I just didn't care. I didn't care. Everybody was expendable. Mm -hmm. There was no, I, I felt no love for the characters. I felt no attachment. And it was just like, Eh, whatever. They died. Am, am I still going to make it? I hope so. But, you know, there was no... I wasn't shocked. My heart rate did not increase. I did not feel fear. And I think that goes against what this game set out to achieve. And that, I think, is the biggest negative I had. Hmm, interesting. Did you, put, did you put time into any of the individuals to, like, really try to level them up? They died so fast. Ah. 
Mm. I was bad. I was bad at this game. I just <laughs> yeah, attack, 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 hire new people. I mean, there was no repercussions for me. I played, I did play on easy. You, and, and still uh, you died? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, me too. So here's the funny thing. I played on Xbox first. I, I was sitting there on my Xbox and I was playing it and it was super fucking easy. And then one day I was like, all right, the kids are on the Xbox. I'm going to go on my computer. And I downloaded it and started playing it. And it was so fucking hard. It was like unbelievably hard. I don't know if it was just the RNG or if the Xbox and PC versions are just different. But the Xbox version was so easy that I just kept playing that. And that could be part of why i think this game wasn't spooky or difficult enough interesting um well but yeah the the easy mode i've played both easy mode is easy see i i actually played the hardest difficulty because in a weird turn of events i re-downloaded the game and walked away and then my son had started the game but what (laughs) i didn't realize is that he started it on the hardest difficulty and for some reason my mind just said he put it on easy so I had a series, I had what I would call total party kills on the final boss of a of a dungeon two or three times. I almost pulled out my hair. I actually got game over, which I didn't know you could do. I thought you get endless heroes. I got game over. This game has game over? Yeah. I, I, I got a game over, which like I had to go and look it up, but it's a thing that can happen. And so I got a game over and that's... I literally was like swearing at the screen and stuff. And then I went and I put it on easy once I noticed. And then I was like, cakewalk. Like, walk in the park. So easy. That is so interesting. So, okay, I want to I wanna go back to uh, what JB said about this game. So, I, it may have just been the way that you were playing this game. Because I will say that if you do not try to keep your people alive and you do not try to level up these people you will never beat the game you will never progress and hit those story milestones you just Mm -hmm. won't you will stall yourself out forever if you don't try to keep your people alive so if you never cared about doing that you're gonna stay at the beginning forever you'll run the dungeons and you'll just keep running them with rookies forever well Uh, you you have to you have to devote to leveling your people up to six to even have a chance at beating the darkest dungeon well, and can I also say that there's a the, the technique that I love to use is take four new people, rookies, give them nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, turn the torch off immediately, which uh, we didn't really talk about the torch system. The more light there is, the easier the game is on you and uh, the more you're not surprised or critted upon or all that. But if you turn the light off, the game jumps up in difficulty, but jumps up in rewards. So I would take four brand new recruits, fresh people like, oh, hey, how you doing? You want to be an adventure? Come with me. And I'd shut all the lights off and throw them in and make them run until they all almost died. And then I would leave the dungeon right before they die with everything they earned. And I just milked these people. I just turned them into traumatic PTSD nutcases so that I could maximize the amount of money I made. And I did that over and over just to like farm up money. So there's two ways to play it. That is one way to do it. So, yeah. Really brought the evil out of me. Yeah. For the characters that you do care about, whenever they survive the dungeon, they're going to be afflicted with injuries, with sicknesses. Mm -hmm. They're going to have um, 
stress, which is something that you have to manage in this game, and you have to actually send them off to leisurely activities to reduce that stress. Because if you bring them back into a dungeon too soon, you're gonna it's it increases the likelihood that you're gonna lose them because they're already afflicted with all this shit. So yeah, like putting your good people yeah. on vacation mode and killing rookies, like yeah, your yeah, favorites. Your favorites are up in like the high palace places getting yeah. pampered. And then these four guys you just hired are having to watch that as they go into the dungeon in the pure darkness. Those yeah. poor guys. <laughs> when does that get to happen to me? <laughs> Never. So, okay, we are. That was actually, yeah, we did have to dip into the good again because there is a lot to say about this game. Um, Here's what I'm going to say. I had, unfortunately, as cool as the concept of this game is and as cool as the combat itself is I have a lot of bad to say about this game. Um, so uh, to begin, the artwork is cool, but the artwork is also at the same time super, super fucking limiting. Your characters are flat 2D characters who wiggle, who will like wiggle and wave their head and their arms and stuff. It's like a, it's like an app game. Um, I immediately, when I started playing this game, I was like, this looks like something I play on my phone that I downloaded from the app store. 100%. I played games like this that looked just like this. I was very unimpressed. As cool as the character like still image was, super unimpressed with all the characters. Um, even with their artwork. There was just something about it that seemed so lifeless to me. Uh, really? The dungeons, they were cool, but you get tired of them fucking quick. I mean, I can only see the same dead whale so many times before I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> that was my big issue with it. Um, this is a game where you will do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. There are some people who love that style of gameplay, but for me, it very quickly became a chore. Like, oh, I have to keep playing this game? Ugh, I have to go into a dungeon and do this fucking again? Interesting. Ugh, I, it felt, I... I had to force myself to play, actually both games tonight, I had to force myself to play these games because they didn't feel like games to me. They felt like chores. They made me feel the same way I feel about washing dishes. See, I want to take two counterpoints to that because I loved the art style. I felt like making them feel like paper dolls and making everything feel not realistic was the sort of way to distance yourself or dissociate yourself with it. As like a metaphor for how the person sending this guy in has to feel. Mm. I thought it felt cheap, man. This is, I, I again, I've played mobile games that look exactly like this. That's so very fair. It, it, it feels like a really well done mobile game to me. Um, but yeah, man, I, I didn't like the way it felt. The sound design was amazing. The artwork itself, like as an abstract, the background looks great. The character as a still image looks great. You put it together, and I'm paying 99 cents for this on the App Store. I don't know. I don't know what it was. There was this disconnect from the still image that I saw and, and it in motion and in action. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I, just, I didn't like. I didn't like it. I just didn't. I feel like that's fair because when you really break down the elements of the game, they're not too different from a mobile sim game. You manage a few places, you upgrade them, you send people in to do stuff across the simplest map. It is not very complex gameplay as far as like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm realizing I think you're right. And also the supplementary materials. 
Don't oh, get me fuck you. fucking started on the supplementary <laughs> materials. There are YouTube videos of this online, and it's like, fuck, you have to make YouTube videos of this game. Ugh. Thumbs Wait, down. YouTube? What do you mean? Explain that. People playing it on YouTube. I'm making fun of JB! Oh. Yeah, you are. Jesus, come on! <laughs> All right, so that was a lot of bad from me. Let's go ahead and really talk about what matters tonight. What about Darkest Dungeon makes it a contender for the most hope-shattering turn-based roguelite? Let's uh, let's just uh, take it up with you again, Boss Jr. It definitely wants to break your spirit and kills off a lot of your characters and is very difficult, so that definitely makes it a contender. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't pull any punches. I feel like it is your job to get through it, and it will give you no leeway. I don't think it games any of the stats. I don't think it'll have enemies take a light on you. Because some games will be like, well, this enemy can only use this attack one time every six turns. Maybe it does, but it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, I completely agree as well. And I think the... What matters? I mean, if you're talking hope shattering, it's the point where you just don't care anymore. You're just you're just going through the motions. And I felt that pretty quickly when I just stopped caring about the characters. Mm -hmm. I was just like, whatever, they're expendable. I don't care. I'm playing this game like nothing matters. It was like an existential crisis where I was like, oh, yeah, I've had this character since the beginning of the game, but everybody else has died. And when he died, I was like, nah. There, like, who cares? There it is, doesn't matter. There's a point where a character I built up so much died, and I was like, all right, fucking take him. I don't care anymore. Whatever. Like, and that's bad that I got to that. I should have been like, no, Reginald, because I give all my right. guys names. Exactly. When, you're, when you don't care anymore, that's when your hope has died, because caring is hope. I mean, when you care about somebody, you hope things go well for them. You hope that it works out. But when you don't care anymore, it's just like, eh, fuck them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people thought that the game got you to that point. I think that's why a lot of people liked it. That's why it blew up. So I think that's a very strong point for it. And I'll say it's hope shattering in the way it makes me feel like doing chores. And nobody likes doing chores. And... Well, that was Darkest Dungeon. Uh, it is a really interesting uh, turn-based roguelike with a very interesting take on turn-based combat. But do you care about that in the end? All right, Cowboy, take it away. Our second contender in tonight's matchup is Warsaw, a more recent game made by the Polish devs at Pixel Milk, the company that practically insults you for crying over their spilled milk of a game. And cry you will, not for those lost, but for the attacks missed and the crits taken. This is a war-torn, perma-morn, Great Depression history lesson of a roguelite strategy game where you'll play as a ragtag resistance of Poland's capital city, Warsaw. You'll slink through the Google map rendered city while seeking out random encounters to die in and engage in some good old-fashioned killing of Nazis. After each mission, your inglorious bastards will retreat to your fallout shelter base to prep for the next revolution by doing fuck all besides selling a few things and upgrading your skills that your heroes will never use. Either because of the limited number of skill slots or the stark randomness and steeply rising difficulty that they will be promptly dying from. And just like the real people these events are based on, you can't lose hope. You gotta keep fighting. 
and carry on, and after 63 days, they'll... Wait, what? What happens to Poland? All right, my resistance fighters, let's talk about Warsaw. To set the stage here, this game is pretty much in the same vein uh, as... Uh, Darkest Dungeon, it is a turn-based uh, roguelite adventure, uh, but it takes place uh, in a real historical event, the Warsaw Uprising of 1944, the 63-day uh, uprising with the Polish resistance fighters against a Nazi-occupied Warsaw. It's very interesting historically. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go ahead and start off with what this game did well. And since we do have a guest, I always like starting with the guest first to get those first impressions. Uh Boss Jr., what did this game do right? I mean, really, if you want to know my opinion, is trash ass dog water. Oh, man, that's hot right out the gate. Okay, do you want to save it? Do you want to save it uh, and tell what this uh, game did bad? Yeah, that's what it did good. That's about it. Oof, hot take. Okay, <laughs> let's... <laughs> Damn. Okay, uh, JB, how about you, man? What do you think Warsaw did good? I mean, it's it's got quite a bit of good going for it. I think the the two things that stick in my mind about this game is number one, the combat. I mean, having multiple lanes and different ways to interact, plus um, you know, little things you could pop up like barrels or sandbags. Um, plus the overworld I think was done a little bit better than Darkest Dungeon in in the way that you could um, there was just more to do in the overworld as far as like prepping your army, going around the towns. I, I just think there was more to it, and that's what I liked about this game. Yeah, see, I, I gotta disagree a bit. I think what it did good is that it was trash, garbage, dog water. Uh, just oh, like ass. you forgot ass and ass. I, I think he's totally right. It's very poetic. I think it was on purpose. They they made it like this because being a freedom fighter in Poland at that time was trash. It was ass. It was dog water to be like that. And so they wanted us to feel that. So they made a game that was just as awful as the events that occurred. Oh, you got a good point there. Exactly. Woof. Okay, so in your objective opinion, this game was dog water? <laughs> Yes, well, I have something poetic to add water. Yes, please, Boss Jr. I did enjoy the small narrative elements after each mission. Okay. In between times. Those were pretty neat. Yeah. All right. To be completely honest, I, I too like that and the small events that you could get into, the little choose-your-own-adventures, something-bad skill check kind of stuff. I always like yeah, that. Yeah, those were fun. Those were good. And... I like the tone of it. I like the 1950s tone. I like uh, the way they drew the characters and whatnot. It all felt very uh, this war of mine, uh, but a little more cartoony. So I didn't mind that. I think the artists did their job, and they did well. Hmm. For, man, okay. So I know I had a lot to say, a lot of bad to say about Darkest Dungeon, and unfortunately, it seems like it's going to trend that way as well. Uh, for Warsaw... There is a certain charm to Warsaw that I did enjoy, though, and it is it is the narrative. I will touch on that. So, I mean, again, this game is about the 63 days the Polish freedom fighters held out against the Nazi occupation before, spoiler alert for real-life World War II, <laughs> they surrendered. 
So, no, I haven't finished history. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, it, it, this game, um, it's inevitable. It, it, yeah. At the end of the game, it's history. You lose. So the entire game is meant to feel that oppressive. You have to choose between multiple districts to save. The other ones go to shit and they get worse. And if you succeed in the one that you chose, it holds out. But you can lose. And your people die, and it'll get worse, but the game keeps going. And you see, after every single mission, the uh, the population count tick down more and more and more. Your supplies get more and more sparse as the game goes on. It was to simulate, really, what those people were going through in 1940s Poland. Which, in that regard, I thought was a really interesting take on it. So, narratively, and from an artistic standpoint... The game did well to bring about, like, how fucked that war was and that situation was. Yeah. I did appreciate that. And the fact that there are narrative elements in this game uh, was super interesting. You could hit points on the map as you play, and it becomes a multiple-choice narrative-like choice. Uh, you find a girl. She's crying. Do you try to help the girl? Do you leave her alone? Do you eat her? Not literally, but, like, it's... It's like stuff like that, which I thought was pretty refreshing because in Darkest Dungeon and the entire time that I played it, aside from the narrator um, talking to me about stuff, I ran into not very much of anything. I know there is a story, but you don't get treated to it until very late, very yeah, late in the game. Little very journal funny. entries, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, Warsaw was upfront about that, and I did appreciate that and i want to say like the little events they hit hard they weren't little floofy like whatever pick an option and it's all the same i picked one seemingly random option it was the first map i got loaded into i had my core three guys i think uh that you start the game with and i chose this one thing it was like uh, a building explodes do you want to run left or hide right and i didn't think anything of it so i was like okay hide right and then i clicked the guy and he fucking died. He's gone. I'm down one full character because mm -hmm. some throwaway event that I really wished I hadn't visit. And then in that moment, I realized, oh, oh, no, this game is is out for blood. This game yeah. is joking around. It killed me on a Mass Effect, you know, choice option. like On a know. suicide mission, Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like a tiny little nonchalant thing. I really thought like it wouldn't matter. And it fucking killed my guy. Full health. Didn't even get in a battle yet. And I'm already down one person. So I guess that's good. What I'm saying is like it lets you know it's not playing games. You're I would playing agree games. With that. It's not playing games. No, I would I would agree with that 100%. Uh, another thing that Warsaw does that makes it even more tragic than darkest dungeon is darkest dungeon has a never ending army of rookie scrubs that you can throw the rookies yeah. yeah you can throw the flames throw the wolves throw the dogs eat them up kill them it's 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 like a machine you could just churn them out man mm -hmm. in warsaw getting a recruit costs resources and it costs a lot of resources and you can run out you can run mm -hmm. out of resources you can run out of characters that actually and happened to me through my playthrough i exhausted so many resources with with uh new recruits that i was stuck 
by the end of my time playing Warsaw, I was stuck with two people and nothing to do about it. Damn. Yeah. And the recruits aren't heroes. You don't get to level them up. They don't get skills. The nope. heroes that you can do that stuff to come once in a blue moon through events. So, like, when your heroes die, you don't get to replace them. You get spare tires yeah. to hold you over to the next one. And that's brutal. That's more than Darkest Dungeon. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk... <laughs> Let's talk about what this game did bad. Let's be objective with it, though. Yeah. Yeah, everything <laughs> you guys just talked about. I mean, that was the negative of this game. It, I mean, I know you were trying to spin it like, oh, yeah, it was it was it made it harder. So that was good. But no, no, it made it harder. So that was a a worse like it was a worse experience for me. You don't be have a little bit of masochism. No, I mean, I'm sitting there playing this game and I'm like, oh, one of my main guys died on a random event where he had an 80% chance of succeeding and now I lose and I have to start over. Like that just feels bad. It's like I got RNG'd to mm. death and it's not like I made the wrong decision. It's not I made the right decision based on the information that was given to me and I still lost. And it was just so like... There's no. no winning. I feel like the game's just a lot less rewarding. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> There's that, not that really much true. reward to doing anything in that game except for watching him die. <laughs> <laughs> and if <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I didn't like that laugh though. But <laughs> yeah, um, that is true. Like from the beginning, you're fighting a losing fight in Warsaw, and it Warsaw doesn't reward you. It it, yeah. it it doesn't really reward you. You're fighting a losing battle. You're meant to lose. And the game constantly reminds you of that. Yeah. And, and literally the rewards, because like I was always full on ammo and it was just like I would kill one group of people. I'd be full of ammo. And then from then on, it was just like, I don't need any of this. None of this is I'm already full after the first battle. I'm not feeling rewarded from any of this. And. I also hated the map. I hated navigating the map. I hate. I hated the layout. I. I. I did not find that element of it fun at all. Oh yeah, that put me to sleep real fast. Mm -hmm. Playing, playing hide and seek with your objectives. Like, okay, let's just go across this entire map to try to find the gold thing that's telling me where I need to go. Yeah. Right, and that was so unrealistic because I'm sitting there. If I'm in 1940s uh, Poland. And or Germany or wherever the fuck Poland 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 with the Germans there. I'm like, I have this entire network of freedom fighters that are trying to rebel against the the people coming in and trying to take our homeland. I can just ask Bill, uh, Surges of Zebek, and I can just ask him, "Hey, yo, where are the Germans at?" And he'll go, "Oh, they're down on 49th Street," and I'll just go there. But instead, I have to walk around this giant fucking map waiting for a little golden arrow to show up so I know, oh, wait, that's where that thing is. And sometimes, sometimes you'll just turn a corner and out of nowhere, it's just Nazis. Oh, yeah. They'll just show up and they're like, I'm going to attack you now. And you're like, great. That's that's great. And and why have this little bit of a half-baked stealth thing when the Nazis don't even move? Like, yeah, they don't move. Make them patrol. Make them patrol. Make, make them do something. Like, 
make me feel like, you know, people that have to hide and are worried and have to skirt around them and have like three coming at me at once. And I have to like very skillfully get around these buildings and pop into hiding places. But no, it's just like these are sentries and just walk. Take the long way. The punishment is take the long way. I was like, Ugh, I got to go around these guys. <laughs> yeah, you know. that is that is super fair. Um, so I will say if Darkest Dungeon made me feel like doing laundry, this made me feel like doing my taxes. Yes. Like proceeding one more day through this game, it it's felt so bad. Like it's literally like I played. Okay, so I played. Um, I played Darkest Dungeon on the Switch. I played Warsaw on my PC. So, uh, I I would literally just like slide away. <laughs> from the PC when it was time to do another mission and just sit there going, do I really want to? Actually, okay, like, no lie. Warsaw made me buy The Sims 4. <laughs> <laughs> I shit what? you not. I shit you not. So as we're recording this, uh, yeah. it's the Steam summer sale. And I know people clown on The Sims 4, but during the summer sale, it was four bucks and, and the add-ons weren't that much more. So I got a couple add-ons and played The Sims 4. I was so sick of playing these games, and I was so sick of playing Warsaw that I downloaded The Sims, and I started doing chores of The Sims. And I was like, yeah, I like this. (laughs) Let me just do virtual chores instead of this metaphor for virtual chores. Yes, 100%, and I had a much better time. I really did. I mean, basically, in celebration of GDQ, I, it was a speed run that I did, and it was fastest time to burn out on a game. And I don't oh. know if my name's up on the website yet, but it should be because, like, five minutes. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, and the worst part is, I kind of liked what they were going for. I wish they had nailed it because there was so much potential in stuff that I would like, but yeah. they just missed. They whiffed hard. You know, I agree. It like. Think about this. Uh, do you think like let's take a classic, two uh, D two D turn based Final Fantasy? Do you think if one of those classic kick ass JRPGs implemented the like the lane mechanics and things like that, do you think that it would have been like an amazing just like revolution in in turn based combat? If a good game implemented what Warsaw did, no. No, you didn't like the lanes? No, I really I, like the lanes, but I don't think it fits in like a Final Fantasy 3 uh, situation. I don't, hmm. I think that's, I know that it is what it is, and I don't think the lane system matches that feel. I don't think the lane system is inherently bad, uh, especially with the cover combined, but I felt like it just didn't have enough. The, the guys, the enemy always took cover. I couldn't figure out how to take cover. Was that a just thing? Be behind it. Yeah, you just, just be directly the button. one lane behind it. Yeah, but it never seemed to really work the same that it worked for them because they got these stat boosts. They would take cover and they got these big old boost stats that I could look up. But I never had the ability. I don't know if it was something I had to unlock. But none of my heroes ever had like the take cover stat ability. Like I'm thinking of XCOM, where you get that boost of defense because you spent your skill taking cover. It doesn't boost anything. It just reduces the chance to hit. Yeah. Well, right. And but damage the enemies, too, depending on the yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on the ability. The enemies used a skill called take cover, and I wanted that skill. And I oh. wanted more I wanted a bit of what XCOM does in there. Instead of just these little tiny blockades that were kind of useless. That would be yes. 
uh, translating that to 2D turn-based would be really interesting. Especially because it's not the fucking Revolutionary War lining up like the red coats and shit. Like, right. <laughs> I hope that's not offensive. Actually, I just kind of said that Fourth of July was recently, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not standing in lines. This is ragtag resistance. They should be hiding behind buildings and taking pot shots, and they're standing in open lanes with one barrel in front of them. It just it didn't do it for me. Hmm. All right. Well. Let's just let's just round it up then. Let's talk about what matters. Y'all did Warsaw shatter your hopes while you played it? Yeah. Because it sounds like in yes. a way it certainly did. <laughs> it, it sure did. And as soon as you start the game, as soon as you start it up, you know it's a hopeless venture. Yeah. There's no, not the even tutorials. a point in trying to go any go any further with it yeah you go through the tutorial and you just own it you destroy the nazis and you're like hell yeah i'm a fucking badass and then it goes hey we went from ninety thousand people to eighty six thousand people and you're like oh four thousand people died while i was being a badass so what happens if i'm a not a badass uh yeah, for sure. I think the the entire idea of you know this is a losing battle and you're still fighting, it's like it's bittersweet. You have hope, but at the same time you're like, well, this is pointless. There's no point in this. We're gonna lose. And it's also hopeless because you're like, I'm not gonna finish this game. I have no hope for getting to the end of this game because I hate it. Because I hate it so much, and it makes me never want to play games again. Does that count? Man, I don't know, but I think I'm we all felt sure. that playing this game. I think this game made us all feel bad in different ways. It in did. different really, really real ways. Is Playing that game is like watching Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, man. Yeah, it really was. In both ways, it, it depressed you. So dang, uh, it might be a good contender, even though we we definitely said it's it's a worse game. It might win the title. It's a close yeah. call then. It's not a, it's not a good game, but oh okay. So that was Warsaw. We all hated it, but does that make it a really good contender for the most hope shattering turn based roguelike? Let's find out now. as we just transitioned into our trophies (laughs) no well now you know what's good what's bad and what matters about each game as always our contenders will be awarded trophies based on the three categories of art direction fun factor and game design and then with those in mind we'll crown an ultimate victor for today's battle all right and i'm up first with the art trophy When deciding today's art trophy, I took a bit of a different approach. To be honest, both games felt to me like a one step above a game you'd find on the App Store. I've seen the same exact flat 2D characters and repetitive gameplay with many mobile games. One game, however, was leaps and bounds ahead of the other in the audio department, and that was Darkest Dungeon. If I close my eyes, the dungeons spring to life with creepy ambience, pulse-pounding music, and guttural roars from Lovecrafting abominations. The announcer slash narrator was an absolutely brilliant addition to the formula as well. I loved every line, no matter how many times I heard it. For its great audio design, Darkest Dungeon takes the art trophy. 
And I'm up next with the Fun Factor Trophy. Now, Darkest Dungeon and Warsaw both have a lot of similarities, like the party system, the positioning-based skill sets, and the permanent death mechanics. Losing a party member is never a fun situation, but it's part of what makes games like these feel more real and high stakes. These games were unbelievably punishing and take the training wheels off very quickly. Now this is a difficult trophy for me to give, but one game took a very slight advantage in combat for me and barely nudged ahead. And that game, and the winner of the Fun Factor trophy, is Warsaw. Alright, and I'm up with the game design trophy. I'm going to be honest, this one is pretty easy. Darkest Dungeon uh, precedes Warsaw by about three years, and it's a very obvious inspiration from it. Uh, So Warsaw had plenty of time and template to be able to improve upon the formula, but it did not. No, so instead it chose to overburden you with a headache's worth of tutorials and explanation screens, all one right after the other at the very beginning of the game. And then the travel map system was so unsatisfying and lacked really any meaningful strategy to it. The interplay between the cover mechanics and the skill system was somewhat less cohesive and less purposeful than Darkest Dungeon, and the deaths were kind of random and not really that impactful to you. Plus, the game does give you all the difficulty without providing any of the satisfaction from it. So I hate to be cruel, but fair, but that is the whole point that Warsaw missed. And so for that, I'm going to give the game design trophy to Darkest Dungeon. So those were the trophies for today's showdown, which show you where each game excels. But now it is time to cast our vote to find the final winner for the title of hope-shattering turn-based roguelite, Darkest Dungeon versus Warsaw. Starting with the first vote, Jake. Actually, I would like our guests to start uh, this round. I want you to vote, Boss Jr. Vote with us tonight. So we're voting on which one is the most hopeless? Yeah. Hope-shattering turn-based roguelite. All right. I definitely think Warsaw was more hope-shattering. All right. One for Warsaw. Jake. See, here's the interesting thing, because even though we have, I'm okay, I'm going to part the uh, kimono here a little bit. Even though we have themes to these episodes, uh, at least half the time, I just vote on the better game <laughs> because it's what I like the most. Sorry. Uh, but for this one, I'm going to vote 100% on the theme. Darkest Dungeon's a better game than Warsaw, but Warsaw was so hope-shattering, and I hated fucking playing it. It came out in real life. Warsaw is more hope-shattering, 100%. JB. I have to say that only one game made you feel hopeless from start to finish, and for that reason, it's got to go to Warsaw. Is that three for Warsaw? That's. I think that's three. All right, well, let me go and just give my dissenting opinion and some explanation to make it valid. I'm going to go with Darkest Dungeon because it's the only game that made me bring out my rage sock because it made me care at certain points. And when you get trashed by bosses, it made me hopeless that I liked the game and I wanted to play it again, but I just it's like losing your save. So that's my bit, but I lose with Darkest Dungeon, and the winner for tonight's battle is Warsaw. Play the fucking music. Yay! Yeah. What? I'm not feeling it. Not not for this selection, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to say right now, uh, all the Franks and listeners out there, uh, Darkest Dungeon is better, but 
Warsaw wins. And I don't feel too good about it. So if you got your uh, rage sock at home, you pull that thing out and you just rage with it. Mm-hmm. Rage these, with that rage with that rage sock. Make sure you, you grab feel the right satisfied. Get a real rager with that sock. That's that's Well, there you have it. It's another perfect <laughs> podcast, perfectly depressing, <laughs> but that was the whole point of the theme. These games are supposed to make you sad, and here we are sad. We're where we need to be. That's right. And thank you for sending. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, my hope is shattered. And of course, thank you for sending us questions through our social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and check out our website at head2headpod.com or h2hpod.com for those of you who hate the letter E. And as always, thanks to Metroid Mike for the use of our theme song, I Can't Break, off of his album, Heart of the Juggernaut. Buy that album right now. Pause the podcast. Go buy it. It's on Bandcamp, Heart of the Juggernaut. You can listen to it on Spotify if you want, if you want to be a fucking mooch. That man just had a baby. He's a daddy now. He needs to buy, I was going to say milk. (laughs) Shit. Diapers and formula, maybe. I don't know. Feed his baby. I don't know. Babies work. (laughs) I don't know. I'm only dad. Uh, Feed his baby. Feed the world. And I want to thank you guys for listening, uh, especially because of how sad this was. And we probably ruined your day. But the fact that you powered through it, I really appreciate that. If you could also go and uh, rate, follow, subscribe, get us on Twitter. Uh, We're putting a lot of great stuff on there. Follow us on Spotify so you know when we come up with new episodes. And please, if you can, uh, rate and review on Apple or anywhere else that you can uh, click a review button. And as always, do not forget to stay. Or do forget. No. Do not forget to not stay Don't for forget. the post-credit. Don't forget the post-credit <laughs> sequence. You do it for Marvel, you better fucking do it for us, all right? Now get the fuck out of here. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Or morning. Wait, is that my morning? Well, son, did you learn anything today at work? Yeah, Dad, I think I did. I learned that there's a certain power in violence and oppression that you can't get from followers on TikTok or teenage apathy. The dominating things weaker than yourself can provide a platform that allows you to shed your ego and be your true evil self. That people's love is fleeting, but their fear, (laughs) their fear is forever. I think I get why you like working here, Dad. Oh, son, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard you say. I'm proud of you, son. I'm real proud of you. That's super weak, you paid a bitch. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> oh, good one, Junior. You caught me being vulnerable. <laughs> well played. <laughs> what do you say, son? Want to set fire to a rival office building on the way home? Way ahead of you, Dad. Already siphoned the gas out of those numbskulls' car. <laughs> oh, so the bad apple doesn't fall far from the tree, huh? I took their spare uniforms to use as dowsing rags. So, can we go home now? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs>